Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Big thanks to eBay for sponsoring this episode of Pass Gas. Passion, drive, patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance we're talking superchargers turbos exhaust kits and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash With all the parts you need for the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. While the streets of San Andreas and Vice City must be hell for car owners and insurance companies alike, here in the real world, car thefts happen too. A lot, actually. Over 700,000 cars are stolen every year in the United States alone. In fact, if you listen to our episode about Bertha Benz, you know that people have been jacking cars for literally as long as cars have existed. This week, we're talking all about Grand Theft Auto. Turns out it's not just a video game, it's also a serious crime. Luckily, as far as crimes go, car heists are a fun one to talk about. But don't worry. We're not going to go all true crime podcast on you, Uh, at least not at first. There'll be no twisting investigations here, no tearful phone calls from prison, no ads for MailChimp. A disgruntled armored car driver steals a van filled with $19 million cash. A movie star's classic car collection goes missing just hours after his death. And two FBI agents accidentally destroy a rare supercar. What are the craziest, the dumbest, the most bizarre real-life car heists ever attempted? Who are the criminal masterminds or morons behind the real-life stories? Today on Past Gas, we have eight insane car heists. Gun it, baby! The fuzz are right behind us, man! Past Gas Podcast. It's about cars, it's not about ports. I ain't going back to prison. You are going back to prison. Pull over. <laughs> That's a heavy. <laughs> Welcome back to Past Gas. That was a very that was a good line, James. Good job. Want to give you props on that? Give you dabs. Thanks. I'm still working on my audition tape to get in Police Academy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on my my rotary engine sound. You want to hear it? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> James is not lying. He's definitely trying to get that reboot part, which is no doubt on its way. Uh, welcome back to Past Gas, everyone. I'm your host, Nolan Sykes, joined as always by my other hosts, James the Mouth Pumphrey. <laughs> meow, meow. 
not a cat. It's just me, old James. <laughs> I thought that was a cat. You got, wow, you really got me. And uh, Joe Weber over there. What's up, Wink Wink Nation? Are we fired up yet? <laughs> I, um, I, I'm starting to take my TikTok a little bit more seriously, really jumping on the wagon early in the game on this one. Yeah, you really got it on the ground floor yeah, as far as really TikTok goes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and I got a new follower yesterday who commented on my post, and it was a, a past gas fan. I can't remember their name, but they were they said Wink Wink Nation, and I was like, all right, that's that's what it is. Wink Wink Nation. We're fired up. We gotta we gotta build up your your IP. What's your catchphrase for this, Nolan? I need a glass of water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm Nolan Sykes. I need a glass of water. I'm also joined by my. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as the end, the intro uh, suggests, we are talking about stolen cars this week. We got a bunch of stories for you. Um, I have a question for you guys. Has your car, has a vehicle of yours ever been stolen? Only by the city. Oh, no. Uh, I had a car. I had my 1990 Dodge Caravan stolen my, out of my family's alley when I was okay. probably like 17. We get and, it, Joe. Your family has an alley. <laughs> uh, we own that alley. No, but uh, the transmission was like really on the fritz, and it was doing the donkey donkey kick and slipping a bunch. So it was not pleasant to drive. And they found it two blocks away because the person <laughs> had just realized that it was super shitty. But the thing is, they had us go identify the, they caught the guy too, that he had a bunch of stuff that were, was in my car. And I was like the sole driver at that time because my sister had gone to college. My younger sister was too young to drive. Uh, and I, the day before it had been stolen, a do-rag was floating in the wind and I caught it and, and like wore it in the van. And then took it off. And so I had to go identify like $2 worth of change and a do-rag. Like I was like, are you sure this is yours? <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, my bike got stolen. I had left it outside. Yeah, also in our alley. Um, yeah, what? am I the only one who didn't have a family alley? <laughs> yeah. And Sounds uh, like me and my family went out to dinner. I came back. The bike was gone. Oh, out to dinner. And I was like, oh, yeah. The, that, uh, <laughs> Armando's Mexican restaurant, RIP, no longer around. Um, oh. But then this neighborhood kid, the, his name was Austin. He was kind of like a sketchy kid. He comes walking down the street with my bike. He's like, yeah, like, okay, this was like a family dinner. So like all my family was here, <laughs> like my parents, my grandparents. Yeah. Uh, I think my aunt and uncle were also there. And uh, so this kid like is pushing my bike into my yard. He's like, yeah, like. My mom found your bike in my laundry room. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, and she like wanted me to bring it back to you. And yeah, like, do you have like a reward for me? <laughs> what were you doing in my mom's laundry room <laughs> with your bike, dude? That's that's messed up. That's that weird. like a Tim Robinson sketch. <laughs> There's like a some next door drama. Someone had gotten their rollerblades stolen off their porch. And then someone found them after they bought rollerblades from someone on the street for $30. Like, I was like, hey, can you just give them back to me? And he was like, yeah, sure. Just like reimburse me for the 30 bucks I paid this guy. Oh, my God. It's $30. I know. And it's just, yeah, it was painfully obvious this guy had taken them 
and is just, you know, pretending to be the guy who found them. But all this work for 30 bucks? It's the hottest new crime wave in Los Angeles. Blade napped. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of blade napped, let's get into the, our stories this, this week. Give me back my K2s, you monster. <laughs> All right, let's start this episode as we start every morning by heading to Flavortown. You probably know Guy Fieri as the host of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, or perhaps the owner of the worst-reviewed restaurant. What? Uh, owner of one of the worst-reviewed restaurants in history, which I'm so surprised by, Guy's American Kitchen Bar, where the New York Times said, quote, the toasted marshmallow tastes like fish. I would have expected more from Guy Fieri. I'm sorry. I respect that, man. But you might not know that the original Flavor Gangster also has an extensive car collection that includes a 68 Firebird and a 67 Camaro and is worth an estimated $8.5 million. Whoa. This man slings a lot of donkey sauce, all right? <laughs> and they're yeah. all yellow, too, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I believe so. That's so funny. The crown jewel of Fieri's collection used to be a bright yellow 2008 Lamborghini Gallardo. Oh, Gallardo, excuse me, James. Worth 200000 bucks. But in 2011, while Fieri was filming in Chicago, his Lambo was stolen in spectacular fashion. A thief rappelled off of the roof of a San Francisco dealership where the car was undergoing repairs, snuck into the storage lot, cracked the car's window, disabled the alarm, and drove it off the lot. Despite the security footage of the entire theft, the police couldn't find the culprit for over a year. In between, <laughs> Guy's Lambo was caught on traffic cameras driving over the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> Several of Fieri's friends reported seeing it out and about elsewhere in the Bay Area. Here at Donut, we encourage people to drive their cars, even if they're worth a lot of money. But this wasn't this guy's car, so I kind of feel a little torn. It wasn't this guy's car. It was that guy's car. Ah! Uh, dude, I respect the hell out of this. I think <laughs> that's a thief. Cool. Like, yeah, he steals it. And then he's just like, I got a Lambo now. <laughs> like driving it. They didn't like part it out or scrap it. or Yeah. Not just any Lambo. The most conspicuous Lambo yeah. ever made. Uh, yeah. Well, not by a long shot. But no. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just like, I'm just like, I love that. Yeah, he didn't scrap it he was just like i have i wanted lambo i got lambo now i drive lambo he manifested like, it by repelling off of a building yeah and then like drives it around like the same city <laughs> hey man i saw your stolen lambo the other day i tried to like catch the guy but you know v10 <laughs> well in may of 2012 the police finally arrested the thief they caught him for attempted murder in the immortal words of the beach blonde god himself, holy moly stromboli. That's a big charge. Uh, the thief turned out to be 16-year-old San Rafael native Max Wade. About a year after the Lamborghini had gone missing, Wade fired a gun multiple times into a truck carrying his ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend. Oh, God. And then he sped off on his motorcycle. The couple luckily escaped unharmed, and cops traced Wade back to a storage unit where they eventually arrested him. Sitting in the storage unit next to Wade's getaway bike, they discovered Guy Fieri's Lamborghini. This is the, a pretty cool, even though he fired a gun at his ex. Like, he did try to kill someone, and he's like 16, so like, you know, it was over some, it was over some dumb shit. A 16-year-old. When I was 16, I was identifying do-rags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
uh, Max, <laughs> the, 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 the attempted murderer, Max Wade, was sentenced to life in prison for Whoa. double premeditated attempted murder, plus a separate 16-month sentence for stealing uh, <laughs> Guy Fieri's Flavormobile. I, uh, Fieri. What year was this? Uh, this was in 2012. Fieri testified at Wade's trial, but never managed to get the car back. At the oh, no. uh, once the trial ended, it was reportedly confiscated by Fieri's insurance company. And at the end of the day, Max Wade probably put more miles on the Lamborghini than its rightful owner. I don't know how I feel about. Yeah, I mean, kinda, yeah. He did try to kill two people, but he. I mean, he didn't succeed, though. Like, but it's like, did he try, you know, did he really want to? Did he just, you know, like he's 16. Obviously, he's got some issues out here stealing cars and not getting rid of them, just driving them around. Okay. I feel like this is definitely like a, this guy could be reformed situation. I think so. I think there's time. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking at a, this is from the Mercury News up in the Bay Area. I just I had to look into this. Um uh, he was sentenced to 21 years to life, to life in prison. Oh, okay. So he is eligible for parole in 2025. And uh, his sentence so... got cut, too. Okay. Well, that's okay. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 They just wanted to scare the poop out of him. I hope it worked. I hope it worked. Yeah. Get your head on straight, Max Wade. Max Wade sounds like a, sounds like a Punisher type character. Max Wade. Max Wade. The next insanely real car heist is called the Sad Man's Revenge. Why is he sad? <laughs> well, I don't. I think you're about to find out. <gasps> Do you hate your job? Probably not as much as Philip Noel Johnson did. Phil was an armored car driver at Loomis Fargo Bank for 10 years, which meant hauling millions of dollars around Florida and Georgia, all while making a measly seven bucks an hour. First mistake, pay the people who protect your money just yeah, a little yeah. bit more. Also, pay the people who make your food. Pay just everyone should get paid. Yeah, and some pay. people should get paid less, but most people should get paid more. Philip was, by all accounts, an unhappy guy who complained constantly. I know the type. Acquaintances said he was bitter about a lifetime of lost opportunities and especially obsessed over his crooked spine, which he blamed for keeping him out of the police or military service. Probably had scoliosis. But maybe it was all a cover. Maybe Philip was a master criminal the whole time. Because on March 29th, 1997, he planned and executed the largest cash heist of all time. Nice. Okay. Means ever. <laughs> that means to date. Is that, does that mean like to the present time? Up until that point, Joe, up until that point, my man. After finishing a shift, Johnson drove his armored car to the Loomis Fargo garage in Jacksonville, Florida. Side note, of course this happened in Jacksonville, Florida. Birthplace of Limb Biscuit. Uh, he pulled a gun on two fellow guards, handcuffed them, and stuffed $18.8 million from the vault into his van. Before leaving, he collected surveillance tapes, paperwork from the day's pickups, and his own personal file, then sabotaged the vault so it wouldn't open the next day. Hmm. Police and the FBI eventually discovered that Johnson had been planning the robbery for five years, a full half of the time he was complaining about his terrible job. They also couldn't find him. Loomis Fargo quickly posted a $500,000 reward, 
Then the Washington Post published a picture with the story headline, Have You Seen This Man? He's 33, single, lonely, grouchy, rumpled, and very possibly the richest thief who ever lived. Imagine completing an incredible heist, then getting pwned hard by the Washington Post. Thanks, Soros. (laughs) I also think it's like, just like, hey, we'll give you half a million dollars if you find our $18.8 million. Yeah. Like, I'm glad he stole it. If I find that, I'm going to keep the other part of it. I'm not going to turn that in. Yeah, if I found it, I'd be like, give me a million bucks. I won't tell. Yeah. Look, I'll tell people that you're not rumpled and you got a good back. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, if so, if anybody asks, I'll be like, yo, he is not even lonely. <laughs> Six months later, Johnson was finally caught when a customs inspector at the U.S.-Mexico border pulled him off a bus because he gave suspicious answers about the reason for his trip. Investigators discovered all but 186,000 of his haul hidden in a North Carolina storage shed. Oh man, can you imagine that on like getting bidden on that storage? I paid six hundred bucks for this storage unit. Yeah, eighteen point eight million dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what the guy does, right? Johnson also surrendered sixty five thousand dollars in eight Mexican bank accounts and eleven grand in cash. That means he only got to spend one hundred ten thousand dollars of his eighteen point eight million he stole before he was convicted and sentenced to twenty five years in prison. This probably did not help his outlook on life. The lesson here, if you steal millions of dollars, don't take a freaking bus and spend as much money as you can while you're still out of jail. Yeah, and don't go to North Carolina. There's much better places you can go and escape to. I'm sure North Carolina's great, but like uh, Tahiti? Buy a plane. Buy a plane and have someone (laughs) fly you. Just don't have Harrison Ford fly you away. Or James May, who also crashed the plane. I think the lesson is just don't don't fly a plane. I'm never going in a Cessna and I'm never going in a helicopter. I think those are good policies. Those are good policies. Yeah. I'm but I am building one of those drones that you stand on top of. <laughs> <laughs> you get one of those, I'll get one of the like the one the water ones where it shoots yeah. water underneath you. Oh yeah. That's and I'll it. get a one wheel and I'll just putt around. Yeah. I played baseball on a one wheel and was like fielding in the outfield on a one wheel and just like hit a gopher hole and ate <laughs> super hard. Well, you know what, awesome. Joe? Serves you right. We'll get back to more past guests, but right now, a word from our sponsors. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Speaking of a, a collision, this next story is called Ram Raiders. Oh, nice. Good, good segue. What are you, the segue master now? I Ram thought- Raiders. <laughs> in the early 1990s, a missing Lotus Carlton made front page news in England because of some thieves who immediately put it to good use. First, a little backstory. In 1990, GM Europe wanted a performance sedan to compete with the BMW M5 and the Mercedes 500E. There is just one big problem. They didn't have a performance group to make it. They primarily sold mid-market cars under the Vauxhall and Opel badges. Luckily, GM Global had recently acquired a majority stake in Lotus. So GM Europe asked Lotus to turn the relatively boring Vauxhall Carlton executive sedan into something with a little bit more giddy up. So what did Lotus do? Simple, they strapped on two turbochargers, cranked a horsepower up to infinity, and the resulting Lotus Carlton sedan was, in a word, awesome. It could outgun a Ferrari Testarossa. It went zero to 60, 5.2 seconds, and topped out at 177. It was only sold in one color, the extremely British sounding Imperial Green. This thing is freaking sick, dude. Is I it really I, dark green? Because it looks black. I think it's a really dark green. The Lotus version looks like some weird, like if uh, the Mercedes 190E had a baby with a Supra. I was going to say like a, like like the front kind of gives me like Fox body Mustang vibes. Yeah. And then the wheels are like kind of Porsche-ish. It's a really interesting looking car. Dude, this thing would mop up at Radwood. Lotus Carlton's immediately became a top target for car thieves, and on November 26, 1993, one particular vehicle was stolen from outside a home in Hayshore, England, a small town about three hours from London. Over the following months, a gang of thieves used this car in a series of ram raids across central England. What's a ram raid, you boys might ask? I yeah, might. I was going to ask that. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Well, I'm going to tell you. These absolute geniuses would ram their $90,000 stolen car through the front window of a liquor store or newsstand, grab as as much booze and cigarettes as they can fit in the trunk, then outrun the police response in their juicy Lotus-engineered street rocket. Mad lads. Absolute mad lads. You know, there was one guy who was like, oh, I'm going to, this is a newsstand, right? I'm going to grab some magazines. Yeah. Oopsies, I'm in first. Boom. (laughs) I need to get some mints and a new copy of the post. (laughs) (laughs) The thieves left the cops, or the rosers, as they're called over there, thoroughly dusted every turn, including one theft 30 yards from a police department. Whoa. That's because the local police forces, uh, Fiat Pandas, could only reach 90 miles per hour, (laughs) barely half of that at the turbocharged Lotus. An officer told newspapers, quote, 
We simply haven't been able to get near the thing, and it looks unlikely that we ever will. We might as well just go home, take a little shower, eat a little tea, and go to bed. Wake up and do it all over in the morning. That's an honest life, and we don't even carry guns. Okay. All right, there's a little bit of a interpretation of that quote. Anyway, whatever it was, Joe, he was right. The Lotus Thieves were never caught, and ultimately got away with around 20,000 British pounds worth of liquor and cigarettes. The gang became so notorious, the British government considered banning the Lotus Carlton entirely. Though by that point, the car was out of production, so no law ever came to fruition. I bet they took credit for that. Oh, yeah. Yep, we did that. (laughs) That means the infamous Ram Raider is still street legal and would make one hell of a barn find. That's That's hilarious, dude. That's cool. They just stole cigarettes and booze. Yeah. Like, they just left cash in the the till? Yeah, I guess. Don't spend it all in one place. I bet these guys were 14. (laughs) Well, yeah, they're stealing booze and cigarettes. Like, that's like, all right, we have a car. What what can we steal? Yeah. Can we go to a bank? Quick, quick, think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's get some Marlboro Reds. All right, guys, enough noodling. All right. Yeah, let's get on with this. Enough noodling, guys. It's time to talk about the great ramen heist. <laughs> now we move from ram raids to ramen raids. Ah. At some point between July 25th and August 1st, 2018, thieves stole a 2004 Stoughton tractor trailer from a gas station in Fayetteville, Georgia, where the owner had left it parked for several days. This isn't that notable on its own. It's the kind of thing that happens to big shipping companies all the time. An unremarkable insurance write-off. Okay. Except that this particular trailer was filled with $98,000 worth of ramen noodles. Okay, now, now it's turned. Now there's a twist. Now I see where the, <laughs> the, the, the title of this section came from. That's so much ramen. How are you going to unload all those noodles? Dude, that could... That could last a, 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 a car guy, a dedicated car guy who only cares about his car. You only like eat a, ramen. That's a lifetime. That's Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's the only person in 2021 to have scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my friend Trevor Moore in The Whitest Kids, you know, uh, he in college would, would only eat, he would eat ramen with uh, Slim Jim's broken up oh god and he got a freaking <laughs> sore on his leg and he went to the doctor and he's <laughs> like the doctor was like what like you like you have sodium poisoning oh my god oh my goodness trevor yeah so that tro- that cheap microwave dorm room ramen ninety eight thousand dollars worth of it those things wow. what are they like 50 cent 25 cents a pack yeah that's a lot of ramen Police never identified what ramen brand was heisted, but a ramen pack typically retails for about 30 cents and wholesales for even less. That means these hungry thieves got away with somewhere between 300,000 and 500,000 bricks of ramen. This could last the gears and gasoline crew for centuries. (laughs) (laughs) It's enough to wrap noodles around the world seven times. Or to stack into a pile taller than Mount Everest. In other words... A lunch. Yeah, you're gonna be hungry half an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you throw celery and eggs and 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 cilantro in there. That's there, good. That was like a. I think that's part of growing up is uh, 
discovering that you're not just supposed to have like the top ramen just really by itself. You, like to really get the full experience, you should add a lot of accoutrement to it. Yeah, yeah. Did they know it was a ramen truck? Like, were they hoping to steal iPads but discovered "quote unquote" food instead, or was this their Ocean's Eleven style dream job? Did they plan to steal a jillion noodles, then retire to a beach somewhere? And how do you launder stolen noodles? Is there a thriving ramen black market where you can buy it for 25 cents instead of 30 cents? <laughs> Alas, these questions will forever go unanswered. The crime was never solved, and the ramen raiders, just like the Ram Raiders, are still at large. I, I remember reading a news story within the last two years, someone had like stolen like a, a, a semi full of like meat and they were like yeah. selling the meat out of like a parking lot out in like <laughs> commerce or something like that. <laughs> so I think you could, if you did steal a whole semi full of noodles, like it would take you forever to get like any money out of it, I think, but you could do it, you know, black yeah. market noodles. You, you give some, you, someone would buy a crate of it for oh, yeah. 20 bucks or something. Yeah. Like you're coming out of Best Buy with like a USB cable or whatever, and some guy approaches you like, "Hey man, you want like some Top Ramen?" And I'm like, "How much Top Ramen?" I just want to plug in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but if someone was like, "Hey, I'll give you a box," like I'm selling boxes of Top Ramen for like a dollar, I'd probably be on that. Yeah, I think like if I were younger, I would. Now I'd be like, "No, man, I don't get out of here, dude." <laughs> and then the cops yeah. pull you over. It's a sting <laughs> operation. You're you're yeah. booked for stolen, possessing <laughs> stolen goods. That ramen is hot. <laughs> this is my hot ramen. <laughs> and I ain't talking sriracha, baby. Speaking of which, it's time for the San Diego Tank Spree, which is one of my favorite historical events ever. Yeah. I think they're making a movie out of this. They better f***ing not. I want to. I want to <laughs> cast James as, as J- or Sean, the guy who stole the, the tank. I'm so mad at society. I'm going to get a tank. Our, our next thief definitely knew what he was getting into. And that made him a huge problem when he took his bounty onto the streets of San Diego. On May 17th of 1995, an army veteran turned out-of-work plumber named Sean Nelson drove uh, to the California Army National Guard Armory. The past few years of Nelson's life had been pretty awful, to say the least. He had lost his parents to cancer. His wife had left them. He suffered serious injuries in a motorcycle accident. The bank foreclosed on his house, and his living girlfriend died from a drug overdose. Amid these troubles, he had sunken into alcoholism and a meth addiction, which culminated into digging a 17-foot deep hole in his backyard to, quote, mine for gold. So clearly, Nelson was not in his right mind when he arrived at the armory, where he found the gate to the vehicle yard had been left standing wide open by some late-shift servicemen. He took this opportunity to trade up his Chevy Astrovan to a 57-ton patent tank that he just so happened to know how to operate from a stint in the Army. I mean, a Chevy Astrovan is basically a tank. (laughs) The $1.3 million tank was 22 feet long and covered in 11-inch thick armor. It had a 750-horsepower Continental V12 twin-turbocharged diesel engine and could get up to 30 miles per hour and started with a push button. No ignition key was required. Lucky for San Diegans, the ammunition for the tank's 105mm cannon, 13mm anti-aircraft gun, and 8mm mounted machine gun was all kept in a separate location. So effectively, Nelson didn't have any weaponry. 
But a tank is still a tank. And this one did some serious damage. By the time a guard finally noticed him and sounded an alarm, Nelson was already out into the streets of San Diego's Claremont neighborhood. He led military police, the sheriff's department, and the highway patrol on a 23-minute televised slow-motion chase. The cops could easily keep up with the tank, but they had absolutely no way of stopping it. Nelson left behind a trail of 40 crushed cars, several geysering fire hydrants, and even a flattened RV. After trying and failing to knock down a concrete pedestrian bridge over Interstate 805, Nelson attempted to cross the other side of the freeway, but it got stuck on those concrete jersey barriers. Four police officers quickly climbed onto the immobilized tank and opened the hatch with bolt cutters, but Nelson refused to surrender. When he began rocking the tank back and forth to break free of the barrier, one of the officers leaned into the tank and fatally shot him. I believe he was shot like directly in the top part of his heart. It like killed him instantly. Reporters and armchair psychologists were quick to attribute Nelson's rampage to the emasculation of the American male and the demise of the middle class. But Nelson's ex-wife disagreed, telling the San Diego Union Tribune, quote, He just abused drugs. That's it. Well, it's actually, I mean, I love this story and I have, I know a little bit more about it. The whole gold mining operation in his backyard was somewhat of the key to this oh, really? whole tragedy. Yes. Uh, he went to the city uh, a few weeks before this happened and he wanted a permit to mine in his backyard. And the city officials were like, it's your backyard. You don't need any paperwork for that. <laughs> and he's like, no, give me the permit. Give me the paperwork. And they're like, dude, you don't need it. You're good to go. Uh, so he was really mad about the city not giving him the permit for his gold in his backyard, which, by the way, was just jewelry that he had hired uh, a younger like addicts at his house to steal around his neighborhood. He would take the jewelry uh, and put it into his mine in the, the hole in the backyard and then would pay people to bring it out. What? Of the look, meth uh, was a was a factor in this whole story. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, you know clearly he was emasculated, and this is like uh, the middle class deteriorating. So, it just just an insane story. Uh, the dollop has an episode on this whole story. It's like ninety minutes long. It's so good. It's like one of my favorite episodes of that show. Go check it out if you want more on that. So they just like read the whole Wikipedia page on it? No. You guys have such a beef against the dollop for some reason. I don't know why. Before it's... you go listen to the dollop, go ahead and follow uh, Pass Gas on whatever uh, stream platform you listen to this. It just makes it easier to listen to. That's right, James. Good good plug. Um, I would love for James to be in this movie. I don't. Oh. You know what, man? I'm not a very good actor. I don't care. Your movie is going to suffer because of nepotism. Would you get method with it? Would you get method? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'd do a ton of meth. Yeah, sure. I'd do a ton of meth. <laughs> I mean, what's another heart attack? We'll be right back with more of this story. But first, a word from our sponsors. Big thanks to eBay for sponsoring this episode of Pass Gas. Passion. Drive. Patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride alive. 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. We're talking superchargers, turbos, exhaust kits, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need for the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the heartwarming tale of Curly Bunfill. <laughs> okay. If that last story bummed you out, here's a car heist with a happy ending. Curly Bunfill was a 106-year-old World War II veteran and three-time Purple Heart recipient whose award-winning 1956 Cadillac Eldorado was stolen from his Sacramento garage in early 2020. The car originally belonged to actress Rita Hayworth, one of Hollywood's biggest stars in the 30s and 40s. After returning from the war, Bunfill had worked as a Hollywood stuntman. He recalled befriending Hayworth at a party saying, Our eyes met and we danced. And she had all these cars in her garage. Beautiful, beautiful cars. We danced around the cars. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He was either a a great dancer or dancing around the cars is some kind of uh, weird 50s sex thing. (laughs) <laughs> uh, because when Hayworth died in 1987, she left him a Bermuda blue Cadillac engraved with her name on the doors, trunk, and engine compartment. That's 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 hard. The theft of the Eldorado quickly made local news, and a reward of seven thousand dollars was offered for information. Then, miraculously, the Eldorado was returned to a Sacramento police station without a scratch on it. The man who returned the car told police he had purchased it for eighty-six hundred dollars and didn't know it was stolen until he saw it on TV. His tip eventually led to the arrest of the actual thief. Curly said that when he found out the car had been recovered, I jumped 10 feet in the air. (laughs) Which unfortunately killed him. JK, as far as we know, the 106-year-old is still alive and well, presumably still dancing around his Eldorado. I hope I can dance when I'm 106. I feel like that's all. I I don't know how long I'd like to live. 100 years seems like a long time. I think you're Nolan. You're someone who's gonna thrive when they're in their like late forties, fifties. Oh, I'm looking so forward think, to being like a dad and grandpa. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have been looking forward to being a grandpa since you were eight. Years it's true. Old. It's true. I think that's just, you know. I I had a, a you know my grandpa Tom was a really cool guy, and uh, uh, like, what do you want your uh, kids and your grandkids to call you? Uh, you know. Grandpa Nolan's probably that's like a mouthful though. Now that I say that out loud, yeah, it's long. What about Papa Nolan? Papa Nolan, that's pretty good. I like that. My my dad would refer to his grandfather as Grandpa, or yeah, Grandpa Sykes, and I I like that. Yeah, you know? Grandpa Sykes. That sounds like you. Uh, sounds like you're uh, part of a Burger King campaign. You got <laughs> sunglasses, a backwards hat, and a skateboard. It's Grandpa Sykes. <laughs> Grandpa Sykes. What's up, you whippersnappers? Yeah. Out of my way to the half pipe. 
This burger is dead ass delicious. <laughs> no cap. This burger is bussin. <laughs> and then he does like a rodeo flip. <laughs> These fries are bussin fast. No printer. That sounds like a <laughs> like that like plays like once during the Western Conference Finals and people are like, what the hell was that? Try, try the new cheesecake bites. They're gas. <laughs> okay, sure. Stealing a Lambo or an 18-wheeler or a tank or a war hero's most prized possession is tricky. But how about stealing 30 cars at once from a recently deceased movie star? That's what Richard Taylor did. He was the mechanic for Paul Walker's extensive personal car collection. While Walker was best known for driving souped-up tuner cars in the Fast and Furious franchise, his personal tastes were a bit more eclectic. Among the cars that Taylor oversaw were a 2006 Crown Victoria and a 2004 GMC truck, in addition to five rare 1995 BMW M3s and a 2011 Porsche GT3 RS. Well, less than 24 hours after Walker's death at a charity car show, Taylor moved 30 of those cars out of a storage warehouse, then demanded money from Walker's family in exchange for the location of the boosted vehicles. What a piece of shit. In legal quarters, they call this extortion. Here on Pass Gas, we also call it extortion. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. yeah, this guy's a real piece of shit. Yeah, in revenge for a theft like this, Brian O'Connor and Dom Toretto would probably have dangled Taylor from the back of a speeding dump truck or something. What the Walker family actually did was take Taylor to court. In 2016, a settlement was reached. Although Taylor reportedly had sold several of the vehicles, a lawyer for the Walker family announced that the case, quote, was sub settled amicably, and one of the conditions is that we're getting things back. I'm not really sure how you can amicably settle such a dirtbag move, but I guess it helps when... Your family. That's like fucked up, dude. That's so fucked up. Yeah, why like why would you even negotiate with terrorists? Like that's like not yeah, how is that I don't even know, man. Yeah, that's a really dirtbag move. Like they were like friends and then the dude dies and then he steals all this stuff the next day. Yeah, like why like you don't even mourn at all? You're just like, okay, no now's the time to do this. How does he not go to jail? No idea. The FBI should take him in, right? Yeah, but maybe they're too big. <laughs> this next one's called LOL FBI. Most car thefts are unremarkable. They usually involve someone down on their luck, desperate or not in their right mind. So let's finish by making fun of someone who always deserves it, the feds. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, in 2008, the FBI recovered a stolen 1996 Ferrari F50, which was one of only 349 ever made and worth 750 grand. The car had been lifted from a Pennsylvania dealership five years earlier by a serial bandit named Tom Baker. Baker was an airline pilot who realized he'd never be able to afford all the Ferraris he coveted on his salary, so he stole a bunch of Ferraris. <laughs> this guy sounds okay. cool as shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not. First, first like the next sentence is like he yeah, was a pedophile. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> first, he convinced a cancer-stricken car salesman in North Carolina that he was a radiologist. God. That made the salesman trust him enough to let him take a 1989 Ferrari 328 GTS for a test drive. 
Neither Baker nor the car ever returned to the dealership. He later pulled a similar trick to jack an 85 Testarossa from a Long Island dealer. Mm. Those were just warm-ups for Baker's greatest theft. Sometime in 2003, Baker appeared at Alger Ferrari in Philadelphia, posing as the CEO of a California tech firm. He claimed he flew into town specifically to buy the dealership's F50, and that he was ready to make a down payment after the mere formality of a test drive. I just, you know, I just gotta drive. I gotta just drive it. It must have been a convincing story because the dealership handed over the keys. Baker zoomed away at 100 miles per hour over a nearby hill and disappeared. <laughs> the next time anyone saw the car was in 2008. Wow. When FBI agents seized it from a Kentucky emergency room doctor to whom Baker had sold it. Baker was arrested soon after. So why is this a funny story about cops? During Baker's trial, two FBI agents totaled the car. Oh, okay. Special Agent Fred Kingston and U.S. Assistant Attorney J. Hamilton Thompson claimed they were transferring the car between storage facilities when bald tires caused them to fishtail off the road and straight into a tree. It's always those bald tires, guys. Bald check tires. your treads. Check your air pressures. Put check. your penny in the treads. If it goes up to Lincoln's beard, you're, you got to <laughs> switch them. I don't, is that how it works? Yeah. Um. <laughs> There's always that feeling you get when you're about to do something sketchy in a car. And you're like, should I do this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, trust that feeling. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe you won't f total a Ferrari when you're transferring it between storage yeah. facilities. They're totally transferring it and not just taking a super rare supercar on a joyride. I bet storage transfers always need two senior agents present. And yeah. he hasn't <laughs> destroyed $750,000 worth of evidence on the clock. I know Not I me. have. Oh, you have? Okay. We'll talk about that off air. Luckily for these agents, the Ferrari itself wasn't needed to convict Baker, but the accident started a whole new array of legal shenanigans. See, back when the car was originally stolen, the Motor Insurance Corporation paid Alger Ferrari $630,000 for the lost merchandise. That transaction gave the insurance company the title to the F50, and they were pretty unhappy when their reappearing Ferrari was immediately totaled by a couple of dillweeds. <laughs> the insurance company sued the government for repayment, but a judge ruled that the government was not liable for oh damages during the detention of any goods, not accepting responsibility for anything, nothing new. Apparently, that's true, even if that detention includes two government agents pretending to be Lightning McQueen. In the end, the sad, mangled remains of the rare F-50 were auctioned off for a paltry 65k. What? Ooh, and that's I... how we got the engine for the GT86. Um, <laughs> or GT4586. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, that's pretty whack. That's pretty stupid. Yeah. Each thief we've been talking about had different reasons for their heist. Because any number of things might inspire someone to steal a car. A meth addiction, Ferrari addiction, even a ramen noodle addiction. Unfortunately, though... A story usually ends badly for them and the car. It really sucks how many cars get stolen and chopped up for parts or are simply wrecked in the process. It's a crappy thing to worry about and a sad way for a good vehicle to meet its end. But since it does happen, remember to lock up your babies tighter than the secret recipe for donkey sauce. And if there are any carjackers listening right now, please stay away from my cars. <laughs> uh, uh, none of our cars can get stolen because none of them run. 
That's fair. That's <laughs> a fair point. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, don't do crimes. Don't steal cars. That's bad. That's the conclusion yeah. it's, for this episode. You're like, that's like stealing a house. Yeah, a house that can move. Yeah, for a lot of people, that's the biggest investment they've ever made. And oh, for sure. You know, it might be like a '97 Civic, and uh, that's their, that also their livelihood. That happened when we were shooting uh, a wheelhouse a couple years ago. Ten best cars under ten thousand uh, dollars. One of the that. cars was an e- EG Civic Hatch, and two hours after they left the shoot, uh, the car was stolen. And then we like put out like put out a bunch of uh, posts about it, and the car was returned. I think within twelve hours. Whoa. Um, no yeah. questions asked or what? I don't remember. Um, no, we shot the guy. Yeah, we went out and did some vigilante street, street justice. justice. Yeah. Steal hearts, don't steal cars. It, Nolan, you're 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 writing this San Diego tank movie. Yeah. Uh, James is the lead. Yeah. Who, so even though he says are, he can't act, who's the night night security person that you know is is a blunder. Blunder I think boy. that's my role. Since you're asking, no, you're too smart for that. Yeah, but he's I, a great actor, so he can pretend to be dumb. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I don't need to pretend. Well, who's the wife that, or who's the girlfriend? Hmm. The ex-wife, uh, Lizzie Kaplan. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Who are who are like the four cops that go up to the tank? Uh, Seth Rogen. I was just about to say <laughs> Seth Rogen. <laughs> But like in a more serious role. <laughs> well, how's he laugh? <laughs> no, this is like Seth Rogen in his like transition drama role. Yeah. Like this yeah. is this is his uh this is his rare uh 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 uncut gems yeah. moment yeah. here. Jeremy Renner's the one who pulls the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he kills me. I'm gonna and I'm gonna lose like seventy five pounds to play this. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna We'll also put makeup on you so you look even more gone. Yeah. Um, and then, like, uh, we got to, like, hire some younger actors to play, like, the, the meth heads that go and steal the jewelry around the yeah, na- like neighborhood. Yeah, like Timothy Chalamet. Uh, yeah. Oh, perfect. Sp- Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, Wait, those are handsome meth heads. <laughs> yeah. <Me> like- <laughs> yeah, they're really good looking. <laughs> it's San Diego. <laughs> yeah, it's San Diego, dude. And then one of the cops is also Danny Franco. Who's Danny Franco? Dave or Davey Franco. Dave Franco. Yeah, Dave Franco. I want a stunt cast Taylor Lautner in there for some reason. I don't know where we have. Maybe he's the security guard at the gate. Yeah. I think that maybe we're spending so much money on this cast. I think that maybe I think we maybe we switch out Timothy Chalamet for like Clark Duke or something. (laughs) Clark Duke. Oh, you know what? Maybe we cast the members of Brockhampton. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're breaking up. Cool. Anyway, we've cast the movie. Thank you for so much for listening to this episode. Uh, sorry about the audio quality. Stuff happens, man. This is how how it goes. Follow the show if you haven't yet. Follow, follow, follow us on your preferred podcast platform of choice, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever, what have you. Follow us. That really helps us out. And guess what? It's free. It'll always be free. Our voices will always be free. We were born free. We will live free. We will live forever. Free. Thank you so much for listening to Past Gas. <laughs> follow all the boys at their social medias. Follow James at James Pumphrey. Follow Joe at Joe G. Weber. Check out his Twitch stream, by the way. Uh, follow me at Nolan J. Sykes 
I'll, I'll see you out there. <laughs> see you outside. See you outside, everyone. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.